Okay, everyone, welcome back to another round of La Magicast. Uh, it's Julian here, joined as always by Alex. Say hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. Uh, Greg could not be with us today, unfortunately, but fortunately we did get two guys, not one, but two, to fill in for Gregory's absence. So with us we have Sir Luca, who's actually been on uh, La Magicast before. I think he did a pod with Imram. Is that right, Luca? Yeah, hi there. Uh, thanks for having me again. Um, I was here no a month ago with Imran um, after the Livorno game. Excellent. Glad to have you back. And uh, we also have Sam Rubio with us, who's uh, making his debut on the pod. Hi, how are you doing, guys? Super super excited to be here. Excellent. Glad to have you. Um, okay, we're recording this. This Today is uh, today's Monday, and yesterday was the Udinese game. Um, pretty safe to say that we kind of have to talk about that one. Uh, nine in a row. We have Michael Bradley coming on as the sub and scoring. Uh, we have Mike Kahn's red card. Um, winning away at, at, a, at a stadium where Udinese had not lost for over a year. Alex, where, do, where should we take this one? Uh, well, well, when you ask me, I'm tempted to say and ask you, Julian, who hates to bring up the, the, the S-word. Oh, uh, how far, about it. How oh. far can this team go? I mean, that's the main question. So right back at you, Julian. Is this uh, Scudetto material? I'll say this. We're playing right now, and I've seen the other teams play. And not, not, you know, I haven't seen every game from Napoli, from Juve, from Inter. But by far, I think we're playing the best. And we are also have been, I think, the luckiest, although we can talk about Napoli's penalties too from this weekend. But I've never seen a team win anything without being really lucky. Um, but the problem with that is it's week nine. And the amount of points we have right now at the end of the season aren't even enough to not get relegated. So any talk we're putting before the team is too premature. I mean, you you know this as well as I do, Alex. We've seen under the Spalletti days, 11 wins in a row, and we still didn't win a trophy. Um, so nine in a row is a great way to start the season. And what's more encouraging to me is really the mentality more so than just the victories themselves. But I, I'm not saying the S word. If, if we're like this and it's March and we're leading the table and we're playing like this, then we can start to talk about it. But in October... Uh-uh. Yeah, but I think it's I think of it a, a bit differently because I don't I'm I'm just happy to reach the top three and 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 when you look at one goal conceded and it's not a it's just not luck you know it's a combination of uh, true skill a great coach and great players and that uh, share of luck you you need when um, to to win uh, but behind that perfect nine uh, wins in a row you see a strong Napoli and a strong Juventus but I'm yeah. I'm merely saying that Roma as is right now should be considered uh, to to you know they they are contenders and uh, I'm not saying we're going to win but I'm saying we're definitely contenders right I agree with Julian um, at the beginning of the season if you ask me I wanted to get to the top five now my expectations changed a little bit, and I'm expecting a expecting a top three now, top three finish at least. The S war, I think, is, I agree with Julian. Like I said, it's too early for that, right? Um, well, I said a couple months ago that um, I would only be looking at the table um, after the Juve game, which I think is uh, the first one in January. I still think that that would be the best thing to do. Um, of course. Uh, I'm overexcited and um, there's not a minute of every hour that I'm awake that I don't think about the Scudetto. <laughs> but I mean, what, the, the one thing that it, it, I would have to consider 
is that one thing is to expect the Scudetto and then be disappointed if it doesn't happen. And this is not my case. And one thing is to hope and dream that will happen and just keep going one game at a time. I mean, I don't think anyone would be disappointed. I mean, maybe someone at this point could get disappointed if we don't win it. Uh, but that, that won't be the case for me. I'd be very happy if, um, we finish in the top three. Um, then if, if by January, February, March, we're still there, then let's go for it. Yeah. Back to the Udinese game. I, I don't have so much to say about the Udinese game besides the fact that I expected it to be the most difficult task so far. Uh, due to Totti's absence, Javinho's absence, uh, playing away against a team that ha- hadn't lost for uh, over a year, 22 home games. Um, and still, <laughs> even with one man down, we come back and we take home three points without conceding a goal. So, I, I, I don't know, we're just in an, a fantastic form right now. Uh, and, but the loss will come eventually, but I'm confident that Lu- Rudy Garcia is the type of coach who won't let the team uh, break up, uh, you know, mentality-wise, just due to a loss. So I'm I'm very confident about the season. Yeah, you know, you'd hope so. But I said this about Conte's Juventus when the year they went unbeaten. Um, so to be fair, I have to say it about Garcia, and I believe it. It's that a team can. It's easy to maintain momentum. It's a lot harder to regain it once you've lost it. And I think the best team I've ever seen at doing that in all my years of being a fan of, of the sport has been Manchester United under Ferguson. For Roma, that's going to be important because winning nine in a row is fantastic. Um, and it, it really is. I mean, to start a season, we've tied Capello's record with Juva. If we go on more, um, we set the new record um, for at least for, you know, uh, consecutive wins at the beginning of the season. I actually, offhand, I can't remember what it is for the middle of a season. I think Inter might have had like 16 or so after the Calciopoli years. Um but no team has ever gone 10 wins to start off the season. Um, Kievo, of course, I'm sure makes us all very, very worried, given how we did against Kievo last year. Uh, I still have no nightmares about the first game. Um, but I want to bring it back to Udinese a little bit, because I, I, I don't think we should underestimate just how good Udinese are. Um, looking at them, before the game against Roma, they played four away games, I think. I did the preview, and I'm trying to remember exactly. But they had not won a single game away. I think they had actually lost all their away games. And at home they played four, and um, I believe they had three draws, or no, three wins and one draw. So at home they're totally different than away. Um, and this was going to be a tough game. We saw early on Luis Muriel was up to the task. Um, fantastic shot that just hit the post. If he was a little bit luckier, maybe should have gone in, could have gone in. It was a great shot. He, he's such a good young, young talent. Of course, you have Toto Di Natale. They have... You know, for Francesco Guidolini, I think, is one of the most underappreciated coaches in Serie A. For the amount of turnover that squad has, he always has them so compact. And you'll never see, you know, it's, I can't, it's hard to imagine Udinese losing by like four or five, six goals. They're going to lose over the course of a season, but they're never, they're never terrible. They're, he always has them drilled so well. Um, I thought it was a super tight contest. I actually watched this on delay. So before the red card, I thought it was super tight. I would have been thrilled with the point. Because a point away at Udinese, I think, is a fantastic result. And then Mike Gungans is sending off, and I was expecting the worst. And I thought, well, this is going to be the moment. This is where Old Roma would have capitulated. This is where Old Roma would have would have conceded a goal. It would have affected the next four or five games. You know, people would have, it would have been a laughing stock kind of thing. 
But for Garcia to make the subs he did and for them to pay off so well, I think is a sign of his mentality, but also the mentality in the team. Um, a little bit of controversy, too. We can talk about this. Luis Muriel probably should have been sent off. Um, he committed his first booking was not a yellow. He he got he was basically booked. I forget who tackled him. Um, he basically got booked for falling over after a tackle, which was really a bad tackle from us. I think it was a dive. Um, dive. He got the yellow for, but I think uh, I think it was uh, Benatia who touched him. I so think, yeah, I think it might have been. It was Benatia or Castan. Hmm. Um, but then he committed another foul later in the match, and this was that was surely surely a yellow card. And he didn't get it, which was kind of the referee, you know, doing a bit of a makeup call for me. Um, so was it deserved? You know, he got a yellow he shouldn't, and then he didn't get the yellow he should have. Um, so maybe a wash overall. Mike Gaughan, on the other hand, I thought both of those were yellows, so it's really hard to complain with his sending off. And it was also frustrating to, for a player who's already been injured this season now to miss another game. Um, you know, on one hand, it kind of gives him a little bit of rest. I'm not sure he needed it at the end of October. Um, given that we have a midweek game and then a weekend game this week, but um, it was foolish. But you know, I think it was another good example of our, the depth we have too. For Bradley to come on, Toto see this comes on. We see Dodo play this season. Borriello played. Um, Marquinho. Marquinho came on. Tadej played in the midfield, and none of these guys. If we were, you know, if if this was a team playing in Europe in midweek, totally different ball game. For a team that doesn't have Europe to worry about. Um, and with Destro coming back from injury, Totti out injured, Gervinho out injured, we've we've been basically plugging in players everywhere except in center back positions and for goalie. Um, so this this kind of myth for me that Roma doesn't have depth, I don't see it. I can't see it being true. Um, should we make Europe next year? Sabatini's job is absolutely going to be okay. We need we need more guys and more you know quality positions. But for what we're doing right now, the machine's running and it's running well. I agree with most uh, of what Julian said. Um, I'd like to add that w- what is um, really amazing about this team is the way the subs come in. I mean, um, the, you can only say just the most beautiful things about Borriello, Marquinho, uh, Torosidis. I mean, these guys could just go in for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes and and just give everything and uh, have the cause. I think, especially Torosidis, is a guy that he, he could just play maybe like 15 minutes every two months and just play amazing every game. It's just solid. So it was ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Borriello, I mean, I'd like to send, like, um, give an extra word for him because this summer he was laughed at. Uh, everyone was laughing at him like, oh, Borriello treated like one of the worst players um, in Serie A. I mean, to have a sub like Borriello for me is a luxury. I think he's a great player. And, um, I mean, against Napoli, we all saw what happened. We played without Totti. I mean, if he came on and it was just amazing. He played like a super game, uh, gave everything. Um, if it was last year in the past seasons, uh, without Totti, I'd be very worried. But this team is, is actually like a proper team. And I'm going and say that even with without a couple of players that are huge players for us, we're still going to do fine because it's a proper team. Well, given that we played against Totti, without Totti and uh, Gravinho, we obviously struggled uh, offensively. Um, Sam, how did you read uh, uh, the game? For me, no one po- can play the false nine position that like, Francesco plays it. Um, I mean, I mean... After, I mean, I agree with 
pretty much what you guys said. I mean, after the sending off of Michael, and I was ready to take the point and run away with it, but um, Rudy Garcia's, I mean, substitutions were great, and um, after Bradley came in, I was like, I, even he's thinking about the, taking the point and running away with it, but, um, you know, I don't, it might have been, like Julian said at the beginning, a little bit of luck, teamwork, unity in the team, and we got away with the win, and, you know, nine in a row. I want to add something, and I want if you guys have anything to say, feel free to chime in at any time. Please stop my rambling if you can. Um, one thing I wanted to add was I think Alex touched on this, which was that without Totti, um, our offense struggled, and I think we're going to have to accept that without Francesco, we're not the same team. And that doesn't mean we're a bad team, but we can't play like we do when he's on the pitch because nobody can open up the pitch like Francesco does. And I think we saw that against Udinese, and I think what I actually saw with encouraging because i think we saw adam I'm ne- i never say his name right alex how do you say his last name adam who liyich liyich yeah yeah i i was super i thought he came on and he's been a bit of a super sub this season and, and he didn't do very well when he started i think he grew into the match more and more as it went on and i think if you look, especially his performance in the second half, he really started to take the offense on his shoulders. We saw him go on better dribbles. He was pulling defenders towards him. He was winning fouls and free kicks. He was kind of playing a little Francesco role. Um, and I like that. I think he, he is at his best when he's not afraid to run at defenders. Um, he's, he's a little bit like Lamella for me, which is that when he doesn't have the ball, I'm not sure he adds as much to the team as he could. He's going to have to work on that. But when he does have the ball, he can make things happen. Um, so I kind of like seeing him come back a little bit, fight for the ball, then run forward with it. Um, which is maybe a tactic Rui Garcia might want to experiment with if Destro and Totti are going to be out for a while. Maybe you throw Lilac in the center, kind of in that false nine role. See how he does, and maybe you play, you know, Gervinho, Florenzi, Borriello, someone who can make a, take advantage of the defenders he's going to draw with him and make some space for passes to be sent to, because I really do think that he is a great passer when he has the ball. Um, I thought that was, that was encouraging for me to see. Um, especially because, you know, I, I thought, you know, all things considered, Florenzi had a pretty poor game from his standards this season. Borriello wasn't as good as he was against Napoli. Um, and it's not necessarily his fault, I think, for too long in this game. Our plan was get it up the wings and cross it to Borriello, but Udinese had that perfectly, you know, they had almost no problem dealing with it. Um, and Borriello, of course, isn't the kind, he's not like a Robin Van Persie, he's not going to take a cross and, and create magic out of it, though he tries to. I mean, he attempted an overhead kick that was unsuccessful. Um, he's more of like a knockdown hold-up kind of guy. You need you need runs or a more creative finisher to take advantage of what he brings. Um, so I think they did have us figured out for a while, but uh, you guys are right about the substitutions. That threw Udinese off. We essentially were playing a 4-6-0 at the end. And um, if you looked at the goal, Struman's charging forward. Marquinhos and someone else are making runs that are pulling defenders away. And he just kind of lays off that ball for Bradley to run into. Effectively unmarked, it, the, the whole team was kind of thrown off by the fact that there was no one really to mark um, without kind of a focal point for the attack. And I think that was a brilliant, brilliant thing that Garcia did. Um, I think... What brings me uh, or make me a bit com- confident in this team is we have a uh, the the basis line in the midfield and and the, the central defense is world class. I mean, Benatia Castan together with De Rossi, Strutman and Pjanic is for me world class. So I'm very confident in the next games that without Totti we will still defend. My only concern is the mix of uh, people you can have up front without Totti and Gervinho lacks what you said Julian 
the guy who can open up um, every defense with his passes. But the speed of Gervinho, you know, he can stretch the defense. But against Udinese, we saw a Borriello and Jajic and Florenzi who more or less tried to play through the middle. And that was very easy for Udinese to defend against. Uh, and I, like Greg told me, in, in January we need to buy uh, someone very pacey uh, to, to have as a substitute to Gervinho because I think we need that. We always need that kind of fast player uh, because I think our, our attack depends on it. So that would be interesting to see the next games if Gervinho is out. Will the offense improve? Uh, if not, I think we might risk a draw, uh, but still uh, not concede too much. So zero zero or one one perhaps. I mean, if you if you take Gervinho and Totti out of the team, you're basically taking out the two best attackers that so far Roma played with. Uh, if you take the two best attackers out of every team, of course they're gonna struggle, but we still managed to win against Napoli without Totti because it was nil-nil when he got injured and we won in Udine um, against uh, Udinese uh, who haven't lost for over 20 games at home. Um, so, I mean, of course, you're going to struggle, but I think that eventually, or already now, while I could agree that we need another pacey winger, I was saying that in the summer, um, but, but even... Even uh, without them, the, the, this team has got plenty of alternatives. Uh, I think Rudy Garcia, um, one of the best things he did was putting um, Florenzi as a winger. Because if you want, if you want to play four-three-three in Italy, like you need some players that will actually come back and defend. We all know what happened. Even when we played Totti, Lamelo, Osvaldo on paper, yeah, amazing. But then they were just coming from everywhere. Because let's face it. Neither of the three would, would be helping the team that much at the back. Um, Good point. So eventually you will concede goals. So I think that everything considered, um, I'm, I'm quite confident that we'll do fine even without uh, Totti and Gervinho. But Gervinho will be back. Um, if not for Chiavo, we'll probably be back for the game against Torino. So he should be fine. Hopefully. And one of the things I wanted to add is uh, I do agree with Alex when he said uh, the triangle with uh, Castana, Benatia, and De Rossi. I mean, to me, that's been one of the highlights of this team this year, besides besides all, all the goals we've scored and everything. I mean, we've only conceded one goal through nine games, and with this mode, uh, De Rossi is playing. I mean, I have no problem with him being the highest paid player in Serie A, I mean, he's been unbelievable so far. Yeah, he's been uh, the old Rossi, who we all I love. You can make an argument, he's, I don't want to sound hyperbolic, but in some ways, I think he's actually better than the old Rossi. I um, agree with you. In, in terms of his leadership this season, I, he's, I think, he, he doesn't want to be Capitano Futuro, he wants to be Co-Capitano, and I think we've seen that on the pitch. Yeah. He bleeds for the jersey, he always has, but some somehow, I think Garcia... Even before he he uh, you know just days into his uh, new role in in uh, as a Roma coach, the way he just called him and he felt included from the first from the first uh, Rudy days. 
this was stirring all the rumors of him being sold. It yeah, just, hey, more than rumors, he almost left by his own admission. Yeah, but it just tells us so much, I think, how how the coach and 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 the player found each other, and and, and now we see the result it's, of that. It's it makes me so angry to think that at this time last year, Daniel De Rossi and Mir Lampianic were rotting on the bench while we had Taxidis, Michael Bradley, and Florenzi <laughs> playing in the midfield. Um, and nothing, I love Florenzi probably more than anyone else on this earth, but I think we found his real role is actually a winger. But to, for the three of them to play in that midfield and De Rossi and Pjanic to not have a role at all, what a waste of a year under same, man. They are di- they're very different 4-3-3s, but my point is that the formation has to fit the players. You don't you don't come into a club with the formation already set in your mind and then pick, you know, play- players who have one year of Serie under their belt to bench the vice captain <laughs> because right. you're so dead set on this system. I thought that used to drive me crazy last season. Every time I saw Taxi this was starting and the Rossi's on the bench made me so so angry and not that Zayman did everything bad he definitely you know we saw Lamella shine under him he brought Totti back to his best and Florenzi got to start but to think what that team could have been you know and how it turned out was just a shame with Sam, I mean, the thing that frustrated me the most about Sam was his inability to adjust to the games uh, he always wanted to play the same style and it was just frustrating to watch sometimes Enough with the past. Let's look at the future. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean... Uh... Okay, okay. One thing I wanted to ask was, um, I, I kind of wanted to go around. I wanted to hear what everyone thought when they first found out we were signing DeSantis and it became clear that he was our starting goalkeeper. What was the thought running through your head before the first match of the season? And what are your thoughts about Morgan DeSantis right now after nine games? Let's let's so uh, let's start with Alex. What did you think, and what do you think now? Uh, I actually thought that was a an okay deal. Uh, obviously, because I didn't pay that much attention to the other um, to the Napoli games. I do remember a big howler against Roma when we won three uh, 0 in in Naples with uh, Luis Enrique. But uh, he always struck me as a as a good goalkeeper. But obviously his reputation has uh, been in decline the last years. Uh, but I haven't paid too much attention to that, so I wasn't expecting too much. But I, I thought it was an okay deal. And uh, at the moment, I love the guy. Jesus, did you see <laughs> after the game how he just jumped around? <laughs> <laughs> that celebration That's, when we score. I don't know if you've seen it. It's, it's been running around on Twitter. He's yeah. jumping like I, an NBA I player. Forget, I, I love that. Dalute <laughs> uh, tweeted it, and she made a she made a gif of it, and she put it on Tumblr. And I believe Roma's uh, Roma's Tumblr re tumbled it. I don't know if it's Tumblr. I don't know the terminology here. They 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 reblogged it or whatever it's called. And then I think I read online somewhere on someone's timeline. So I don't know who wrote this, but if you're listening to this, I apologize. Apparently, it was like the most retumbled, if that's even a word, thing that Roma have ever had on their blog. So that was like hugely successful. But yeah, that was that was pretty much the reaction I was expecting when I asked you guys the question. So what did you guys think, Sam and Luca? Well, when we first got uh, Morgan, I thought, well, listen, he's going to be a one-year guy, maybe two, and then while well, we try to find another long-term solution like we thought we had with Stickelenburg. But um, I like him. I like him. He's been solid. I mean, he, I, we know he's makes mistakes sometimes. He hasn't shown anything this season. So far, let's keep it going. I like that guy. So far, he's been great. Yeah, that was a, a good point to bring up. I think it's a, obviously an upgrade on um, Stecklenburg, but m- most of all because <laughs> he keeps the defense extremely concentrated. 
I mean, he's just screams for like 90 minutes and it's quite <laughs> obvious that it's something that, that the team was missing because I don't even know how Stecklenburg sounds. Like, I don't think he ever spoke <laughs> like two years. It's not, it, maybe as an actual goalkeeper, it's not that bad, but the scientist just keeps the defense concentrated all the time. Um, but um, going back to the actual question, in the summer, I thought that that he was going for like too wild for the Sanctis. You remember it was like there was a wait and a long wait and every day looked like the day, but then it was getting postponed all the time. So I didn't think at the time that it was worth that wait. But uh, for example, I thought like Sorrentino was another name that was mentioned. I always liked Sorrentino. I thought he was, he would have been an upgrade as well. So eventually when the Sanctis happened, I was happy, but I didn't think he, w- he was going to change the mentality of the defense this much. Cause even if he didn't have any saves, you have to give the guy a lot of credit for what he does during the game. Because, uh, let's face it, a goalkeeper has to do what he does and he's perfect at it. The guy has yeah. heart. I think that's definitely it. I think in the summer it was seen as, you know, most people saw one of two ways, which was that it was kind of like a panic joke signing. I saw a lot of people thought on the internet, on Twitter that, you know, Roma, oh, you know, can't afford the no, there's no luster there. They can't get a big name goalkeeper. They're going to have to take Napoli reject in order to, uh, in order to keep it in, keep someone in, in, you know, in goal after we found out Stecklenburg wasn't really working out. The other thing, which I personally thought was, I thought it was a decent gamble. The same thing I thought about Mike Gon. It was clear that this summer Sabatini was going with a different policy, and he claims it was after um, after the Copa loss. I think that part of it had to do with Baldini. He was kind of unchanged. He was a little bit more free to do what he wanted, and he went for a lot of experience. And if you're looking for experienced keepers, there's not many more experienced in Serie A than Morgan De Sanctis. He was available on a free. Um, I think no, no. He was he was half a million euros. Half a million, and, yes, you're right. Half a million, and then Mike Gon was three. So the two of them together cost us almost nothing, and their wages are decent. But it's hard to argue that neither of them haven't earned those so far. But so I thought it was a decent gamble. Same thing I think Sam said. Uh, I think it was Sam. A one or two year kind of thing. We'd find a, a good keeper. But he has, I mean, and now part of this is due to the fact that De Rossi, Benatia, and Castan have been superb in front of him. But his save percentage is the highest in Europe, and that's not due necessarily to them, because save percentage is only him saving the shots that get thrown his way. Um, and I saw an absurd statistic um, on Twitter, and I wish I had remember exactly what it was, but it was comparing Juventus to Roma, and Juventus had conceded so many fewer shots. It was like orders of magnitude less, um, but, you know, 10 of those have gone in. Roma had had conceded many times. I think it was like five, six, seven, something like that, times more shots than Juve have, but only one of them have gone in. Yeah, it was 107 which, shots, I think, in one goal conceded. Something like that. It, it was, honestly, if you think about it, it's quite ridiculous. I think that speaks to two things. One, De Rossi, Benatti, and Kassan are forcing opposition players to take shots that are in that are in poor positions because they can't get close to the goal. So maybe we're seeing... You know, Di Natale, Muriel, the teams we face so far, maybe they're taking shots they won't normally take because they're having trouble getting in a position they want to take them in. So the shots are more erratic. The other part of that speaks to the fact that we're blocking a lot of shots this season. And whatever does get through to the Sanctus, he's, he looks 
supremely confident. You know, when he jumps up for a cross, I'm never afraid he's going to pull a goikoichea. He looks like he's going to get it. He gets it, and that's it. It's never there's no Joe Hart moments. It's it's simple. It's clean. He's organizing the defense, and he's doing exactly what you want a keeper to do. Oh God, um, I had forgot about that mistake. And I that was the moment I knew. You gotta yeah. give me nightmares. Yeah. You gave that, me you that, gave that, me the chills when you make the goikoichea. I I I that that game should be looked into for match fixing because I'm still convinced he threw the ball into the net. But that, I mean, that they, they makes all the difference in the world when you have a goalie back there who you know is reliable. And you, I mean, he he wasn't brilliant his last season at Napoli. But look at Napoli's defense compared to ours. I mean, um, I I've never really been convinced by their defense. I thought this year they made actually some good moves to kind of remedy that. I think Albiol's probably a better defender than most people think. Reyna's pretty consistent, but he's also known for blunders. So I don't know, you know, technique-wise, how much of an upgrade that might be for them. But um. I never thought their defense was the best part of Napoli's team. Um, so it's not like he was playing at, say, you know, Juventus, where they have a great defense and he was still conceding, you know, terrible shots. But looking around Serie A, I mean, we've seen Buffon make mistakes this year. Um, you know, we've seen Neto, who I'm completely not convinced by whatsoever. Like I said, Reina has a, has a reputation for making big blunders every now and then. Um, I mean, Handanovic, I think, is a great keeper, but it's it's hard to name keepers in this moment. I have to preface this because who knows three weeks from now. But right now, I I think he's playing as well as any other keeper you could find in the league. Yeah, but he hasn't been truly tested. Uh, maybe I mean, uh, I think there were a few times during the Udinese match where there were a few shots, yeah, and he, of like course. I said, nothing great. But he 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 stopped them. It was they were solid stops. Nothing he's been too solid. Tempted. Yeah, he's been solid. He, he had, there was one shot. He he made a low diving save to his right. I thought that, and I can't remember who shot it, um, but I thought that was actually a very good save because um, that was kind of a shot you think might sneak in sometimes. Um, but the rest of them, you know, low shots. He kind of caught them, but he, like you know, like we've been saying, solid and no mistakes, which is crucial for confidence. Um, so that kind of adds to this whole mythos we've got going on right now. To go all the way, you need a good defense, and defending and Roma. The last couple of years, and even more so, has been a lot of blackouts, chaos, pain, just to to name a few words to describe the Roma defense. But go back to the last time we, we did go all the way. We had probably the league's best defense with uh, Walter Samuel in the middle of it uh, under Capello. So as long as you have a strong defense... I think we can we can uh, expect good results. And looking at this defense, you see that the, only one goal conceded is perhaps a bit due to luck, but mostly due to raw skill. And I think we can establish that fact that we have a very good defense now, probably the best defense since. And we've been really lucky too that we've been injury-free in that area. Of course, we've been lucky, but but despite I think, you the know, luck, I mean, uh, Chiellini goes down for Juve. How much, you know, what's their defense looking like? Or if you, let's, I don't know, I'm trying to think, it's, it's funny, it's tough to think of good de- defenses this year in Europe, because so many defenses have been pretty, I think, terrible. Um, go ahead, Alex. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but I will, I'm not rating, uh, this, our defense, uh, solely on just one goal conceded. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the whole picture, and I see a very, uh, a great defense, and yeah, we've been lucky to not concede a couple of more goals against Udinese and uh, Napoli. 
I don't know which player who chipped the, uh, the ball over the Santis, and both Benatia and Castan was there to clear the ball on the line. Not just one, but both, and that just tells us how committed those players are to, to you know, they go all in, and uh, even though you said they were lucky to be there, I think it's mostly due to skill. The only lucky uh, part during uh, the first half against Udinese was Muriel's first shot at goal, who that went to the post and and out again. So yeah, we had a fair share of, of luck, but you need that as well to to win games. And uh, obviously, those teams who end up going all the way, they have mostly had the luck on their side. So it's good to see we have that. But mostly, I think it's a very good defense, and that, that solid base is crucial for the future of. Uh, uh, for Roma. I agree. I'd like to add one thing though um, about the defense. I, I don't think it's entirely uh, related to the men they're playing. I mean, of course, Benatia and Castaneda have been great. Benatia is probably like one of the best center half in the league right now. But I think that this team, the, the way that they're playing and the way that they're solid, I think that even if you take one of the two out and you put one of the reserves, it's not going to blow up and start to concede goals. I mean, we played the games without Maicon and Torosidis came on, same deal. We played the game without Balzaretti and Dodo came on, and same deal. I think you can take Castan out and put Yedvai, Burdisso, Romagnoli, whoever you want, and the team is going to just look as good. Of course, Castan is better, but eventually I think that it's not about the players, but it's much more about the system that we're playing with. I think that I, I feel that we're not going to concede the goal anytime soon. Of course, it can happen. And you no, will happen, why would you say that? Why would you say <laughs> that? <laughs> well, I mean, this is how I feel. I mean, like, even in <laughs> the game, I was, I, now, I never, now we're making it for the Kievo. <laughs> well, I mean, the Kievo game is a different story because we always screw up with the last one in the table. But that's going to be regardless of who that, plays. That, see, that's an, that's an old Roma kind of thing. This but, will be telling... But even in the Udinese game, I mean, in the Udinese game, I always thought worst-case scenario is going to be nil-nil. I never thought that they were going to score. I totally agree with you. This season, I haven't had my blood pressure high because of the defense. I've always felt like <laughs> we got it under control. Yeah. Of it, course, you're prone to somebody scoring you, but I mean, you never really felt like last season, oh, we're about to concede the goal. I mean, I, I would love to. I'd love to have a team with like a out and you put Burdisso on. It's not going to be a disaster. I mean, yeah, Benatia is, is probably the best that we have. So maybe if he's out, then yeah, it could be a problem. But even then, I don't think that it's going to be as huge. I mean, we're winning games without Totti. Like, come on. Yeah, but I still think that's the true test of this team is when we replace someone in the central defense because we. Replace players in the midfield. I mean, if De Rossi or Strutman is out, we have Bradley. We have replaced uh, Totti and uh, Gervinho and proven to be a, still a strong team. But replace Benatia with Bordiso. That's the true test of this team. Because hey, that, that will be that'll be a game we have to kind of shift formations a little bit. That'll be a game where maybe you know trying to go for a one nil isn't going to work. That might have to be uh, a game where we really attack and try to outscore another team. So if we lose, let's say, Benatia, for example, we might not have that great of a defense. We might see some goals go in, but that's going to be now, if we, you know, we have Totti, Gervinho, and, um, 
And uh, Florenzi up front, that's going to be one of those games we're going to need two or three goals from them to make up for it. But that's my point. If you have a good enough team, I mean, every team at some point or other has to cope with injuries. But at the end of the day, um, if you take the best two, three players away from any team, how many teams can plug in those holes? Okay, Barcelona maybe, Bayern Munich maybe, but, you know, take away... Fiorentina's three best players, and what kind of team are they left with? Take away Napoli's three best, and where do they finish on the table? Even you know? Juventus. Even Juve. I mean, if you take Barzagli, Chiellini, and Pirlo away from Juve, and you still, I mean, they still have a very good team. They have a lot of depth to them, but they've been in the Champions League for two years, and they've been kind of building, but I don't think they're going to be the same kind of team. Um, so, you know, you can even look at, let's say, Barcelona. You take away Messi, Xavi, and Danny Alves, they have a lot of players they can plug in, but is it going to be the same kind of machine? You know, I mean, the identity of the team is based around the fundamental 11 um, that come with it. So I'm not terribly concerned with that because, you know, even you can lose a game and still win the league. You know, people lose all the it happens all the time. Um, so one game is never really going to be the difference. It's going to be consistency. So consistency is going to be key. And so far, that's. That's what Garcia has done perfectly. He's perfectly consistent. There's been and the team just well, seems united. They want to help each other. They celebrate together. That's one of the things I love the most too. I can't believe that. Of all the the players we face, and I wrote this on my last blog, all the teams we face, all the players we face, the one player we've conceded to was Jonathan Biabiani. Unbelievable. To think the team we played Inter, Lazio, Napoli, um, Udinese. Tons of great attacking talent in the league. So, you know, um, Verona and, and, you know, Jorginho, Luca Toni, the list goes on. And Jonathan Biabiani beat the defense and no one else was able to. Our defense sucks. Yeah, maybe we're not as, maybe it's not as good as we think. If they were really good, it'd be nine clean sheets in a row, you know? Yeah. Oh well. We have some questions, but before we go there, is there anything important from the Udinese game or? Inter-game, Monopoly game that we should mention, this is the time. Oh, no, I'd like to me? give again a special mention to the to the reserves. I mean, like the way Torosidis, Marquinho and um, and Bradley, of course, came onto the pitch it just shows how much of a team this is. And this is why I think that any player could be, well, subbed um, by the others. I mean, the subs are just coming in every game, giving everything and and it's just amazing to to watch. Um, yeah, everyone is should important. Make us proud and uh, very confident of the future. Yeah, they are stepping in yeah. when needed. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be surprised if against Kiev we saw a little bit of squad rotation because we have two games in four days, and then do we have another international break coming up soon? Um, I don't think so. Uh, half November. Halfway through November, because I thought it was strange we had a midweek game this week, but I guess that must be to compensate for that. So, so I wouldn't be terribly surprised because we have Kievo now, and who are we playing at the weekend? I forgot who it was, but it was Torino, it was another Torino, Torino. Torino, Torino, Torino right? Um, so I, 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 we've we've definitely been a second half team. I think this season we kind of either score in the first or the second. Um, and it seems to be that we really like the second half. So if we have a, a first half with a few players maybe on the bench and we throw them on for the second to have kind of the Rudy Garcia effect, um, I wouldn't be terribly surprised. It might be a good game to give someone like Strootman a rest. Um, you know, because you don't want players getting tired out. You want fresh legs on for Torino. Um, um, if Gervinho comes back, it might be a good idea, especially to throw him on as a late game sub because his legs against a tired defense would just be fantastic for us. Um, but you know, like a guy like Florenzi, let's say, I know we don't have a, ter- a lot of options up front right now, 
but he, I think he looked a little gassed last game too. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing him, uh, have a reduced role, um, against Kievo either. Um, so, you know, managing, managing the squad is going to be key, especially this is kind of like a little midweek challenge. You know, if, if we were playing in a European tie, we'd have to go through this more often. So it'd be interesting to see how we rotate it. Um, uh, you know, a, a draw would not be the end of the world in either game. We have to keep that in mind. Um, although will, these, on paper, these are, these are doable. So I will add one uh, thing though, because you, Julian, and, uh, I guess there was a couple of more. Roma and Juventus fans discussed um, the imp- that we wanted Juventus to progress in the Champions League because that would yes. be an advantage Absolutely. for us. Uh, I've, I just thought that whole conversation was interesting because I kind of disagree after seeing how much... If you remember Inter doing the treble, I just thought that they were getting stronger and stronger... By every win in every competition, they got more hungry yeah, but I, and they never I, failed. It's and a just double-edged sword, though. It's yeah. a Inter were lucky. They had they had Jose Mourinho. They had a fantastic squad that year. Um, but but I just, I, I, my point is, I just think the mentality of the team uh, uh, with uh, such a big disappointment it can go both ways. I mean, they can get much hungrier in the league and come stronger back in the league. But this is a Juventus who's not uh, used to uh, big disappointments. So I think we can't uh, underestimate uh, yeah, maybe, what a loss maybe, but, can do with them. Uh, it can go both other, ways. That's my point. I, just thought, uh, I think it's more along the fact that th- this Juve team is a very good squad. So don't get me wrong. But a, a, the, a big part of the core of this team is an old team. I mean, you look at Buffon, Barzali, and Pirlo. They're not really young spring chickens. Um, I think it'd be kind of the same issue we would have if we were in Europe, which is when do you play Totti and when do you rest them? The further they go in the Champions League, the more games they're going to have to play without some of those players, especially a guy like Pirlo. Now, they have Pogba, so, you know, it's not always a terrible thing. But the more games you have, the more rotation you end. It could be a case that you keep gaining confidence and you keep going all the way. But I think we see a lot of teams tend to drop points before or right after a Champions League game um, because they have to rotate. So I think that those are the kind of things that we can really take advantage of. But that's just not for Juve. That's for you know Napoli, Milan, Fiorentina. I'd love to see them all go as far as they as possible in the in their European competitions because then it gives them something else to be distracted about. It. It's better for Roma, I think, if only Roma of of you know the traditionally big sides are focused solely on Serie A. As long as they don't win it, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't. If, if Fiorentina wins the Europa League, that's uh, well, good for them. I'm not even mad at okay. Sure, that's yeah. that's you know, I don't. I love to see Vincenzo Montella. All right, um, should we uh, do uh, the few questions we had before we uh, wrap it up, uh, Julian? Um, so yeah, we got a few questions on Twitter. Um, Anthony Zamparelli asked us a question. I think we already covered it though pretty well. Um, so Anthony, I, I hope I hope you found a satisfactory answer as we were talking. It was basically about the attackers. Um, we got a one from Restaurant North, which we didn't really cover. And that question was, when Destro comes back, what will his exact role be? Super sub for Totti in the 75th minute. Um, what do you think? What, what do our two guests think today? What about Luca and Sam? Uh, that's a pretty good question. Um, I think that. If um, we keep playing as well as we're doing with um, 
with top default nine. That's the, that's the system uh, we're gonna keep, and uh, that's just just gonna be the the sub um, for Totti at least for this year. Uh, then eventually Totti's uh, unfortunately is not Highlander, so at some point he's gonna we're gonna have to live with the fact that he cannot play every game. I said, we don't have proof that Totti isn't Highlander yet. I'm not convinced. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. You got a good point there. But I'm just mm-hmm. going uh, on percentages game. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think that until the things just keep working, um, he's going to be a sub. But uh, I'd like to 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 um, point out the fact that this summer, most of the attacks uh, against the directors and the club was that in attack, the team was... Uh, was lacking um, alternatives, uh, which made me laugh in the summer. And now Desso comes back and we don't have a place for him. So <laughs> that's how much uh, we, we, we have a lot of alternatives. Um, well, I don't see Destro um, playing as a, as a false nine, but I mean, you can see Destro maybe in the Borrello position and you can... I don't know, I'm intrigued to see uh, Pjanic if Totti is not in. I'm intrigued to see Pjanic as a false nine. Maybe you move up Pjanic as a false nine and you can move Destro to the wings. He, you know, he moves really well off the ball and one of the, that's one of the things that I like the most about Destro. But I mean, who knows? We're not Rudy Garcia. We just, <laughs> yeah. I, I'd like, to, actually, I think it's a shame he's not fit because it, against a team like Kievo, I think Destro would be perfect. Um, but, you know, uh, he's, he's getting closer. We know now he, he can participate in full training. Um, so hopefully it won't be too long before we get Destro back. Um, yeah. and let's, let's take it to the last question. Unless, did you want to add anything there, Alex? No, not at all. I, I'm looking forward to having uh, the guy back, but, um, I won't expect too much from him, uh, in the near future. All right. And the last question we had was from Brigantine72 on Twitter from Glenn. He said, I'd like to hear you guys talk about if you think Roma will purchase any players. I'm assuming he means in January. And if so, who's out there? Um, just to throw my hat into the ring on this one, I think it's, you know, it's too early to say really because, um, it, it's gonna kinda depend. Who knows if we get a long-term injury between now and January, we're gonna have to make a purchase based off that. Based off of Sabatini's track record, we have made some purchases in January. Marquinho came over in January. And who else came last year? Was it Toro Cedis? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it looks like we, we buy like one kind of utility player in January. Um, at least, you know, based off the last two years. Again, it'll depend on the needs. I wouldn't mind seeing um, a creative little midfielder come in. Uh, that's probably, I think, where we need it the most, especially if Destro's going to come back. Maybe a center back, but again, between... I'd really love to see Romagnoli get minutes. You know, if we play Romagnoli, Yedvaj, Yedvaj, that that's way more appropriate. Um, If we play him, if we played the two of them together in the Copa, for example... I would love that because I think the two of them are just so promising and that, that's the kind of avenue you really want to give players minutes at. Um, but again, I don't know if I'd want to throw either of them into the deep end in Serie A. But, you know, so it, it's kind of going to depend on injuries, on how we're doing, what, you know, what, what are the team's weaknesses at that point. I think it's a little early to say at the end of October. Yeah. I agree, I agree. Too early for me. I haven't even thought about who we bring in Maybe a speedy winger, just like for a sub for Jervinho, but I, again, it's too early. Um, I think that, I don't know, that there are um, a lot of rumors that maybe Burdiso will leave for Argentina in uh, January. If that happens, they're probably going to bring a centre-back in. Um, and yeah, I'll probably get um, maybe a, another winger 
uh, or maybe a midfielder uh, or both. Uh, I mean, I think one thing that the club would have to do is if we're still there in January, they're going to have to go for it, bring two players and really go for it. Because if we're there in two months, then it would be a shame to not give the manager good alternatives until June. Yeah. I think we, if we're close to something big, I think we can expect uh, uh, more investment into the squad than yeah. if we fall off the wagon pretty early. I think we can expect a new centre-back, perhaps if Perdiso leaves or Romagnoli is loaned out, then I think we will find a new pacey forward. But we also see that, that Sabatini looks into a new left back. But I know Julian will agree to this, that the Dodo looks surprisingly um, confident. I got, me, I got made fun of for saying that on Twitter. I want to just put that on the record. You made fun of me. They're like, it's only been one and a half games. Which is true, and that's that's fair. But he, when he has come on, I was very. He has looked confident. Who made fun of you, Greg? Oh, yeah, okay. Um, but he's yes. you. You don't take that guy seriously, so. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Um, <laughs> me and Greg were actually supposed to meet up when he came up a few weeks ago, but he ended up. We were both sick on various days that weekend, um, so we didn't end up meeting up, which was a bummer because I really wanted to see him. But um, anyway, to get back to the January thing, I think. One thing we might want to think about is we know Milan are making two pretty decent signings already. They've confirmed it. So they're bringing in Adil Rami um, and um, Kazuki Honda. So they're going to be a better squad. And we know off of last year how much they improved in the second half of the season. So that might be something we want to keep in mind. Because Milan, when they're fully fit, they actually have a very good starting eleven. You throw in Rami and Honda as some, you know, and they have a decent amount of depth in there too. If they can just, you know, keep everyone healthy. So they're going to, right now, they're not really a team that, you know, you would think that Roma, Juve, Napoli, Inter have to worry about. But I would be shocked if they're still this bad, let's say, in March. I think they're going to do another late season charge up the table. Um, so we're going to want to keep an eye on what the other teams are doing and see, you know, if Juve is making some big moves, we're going to have to follow suit or risk falling behind. Yep. Agree. All right. Do you, Lucas, Sam, do you have anything uh, you want to add before we wrap it up? Um, I don't want to jinx it, but I mean, our schedule is looking pretty good for the next few weeks, so let's keep this going. Yeah. You guys are nowhere near superstitious enough. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'd like to uh, keep, like, I wish that we're really concentrated for Kiago because this is the typical possible Roma screw up, you know, with the last in the table. So, I mean, I'm really worried about this game, really. But um, uh, hopefully everything will go fine. Yeah. And what day is the Kievo match on? I, I don't want Thursday. to get it confused. Thursday. It's night. on Thursday. 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 Oh, I could actually watch it live. Cool. That'd be fun. Julian, ask me if Roma wins the Scudetto. I'm not, I'm not even... I don't even know what that word means. Alex, they can't ask you that. You just made up a word right now. Just so. try. Oh, come Alex. on. Alex. Is Roma going to win the Scudetto? Yes. <laughs> why would you, Alex, too, why would you too, say too, the superstition, too, man? Too early! <laughs> this is a family podcast, first of all. I can't believe that sounds. So. I would answer I, that, but I don't know the table. I don't know how it looks like because I haven't looked at it. I'll, be well, looking I'll say at this. January I will say I, I, well, I'm really glad we did Napoli, Inter, and Udinese away, and we did them all already, and we got three points. Those are three big tests, but we still have to play Milan twice, Juve twice, you know, all those other teams again. So I, I, 
there's we should not be thinking about I think Rudy Garcia, his answer he gives after every game is my favorite one. He's like, we just want to keep doing what we're doing, basically. Yeah. He doesn't say it like that. He says it in Italian. He says it more refined, of course. But, um, you know, continuare così. Kind of just keep head down, working on the next game. And if you just take the most points you can from each game, then, you know, stuff will happen. But I think it's, we, we've, we're in no position to hope for something like that after the last, you know, 10 years of our existence. But history tells us to, and allows us to dream, and uh, so be it. Dreams are for disappointments, Alex. I will start to dream on the last day of the season if it comes to that, but otherwise... There's no harm, there's no harm in dreaming. No. Now expecting, that's different. Yeah, I don't expect, I dream. No, me neither. I don't expect anything, but I'm dreaming. The Roma Tifosi and the Ultras, I think, they put so much pressure on the squad. I mean, we saw it all last year. If it comes, you know, God forbid, if we're first in March, we end the season in fourth, everyone's going to see it as a huge disappointment. Instead of, if we look at this through the lens of Garcia saying at the beginning of the year, our objective is the top five and we finish in fourth, we've actually achieved expectations. We've even exceeded them a little bit. Yeah, if but when you look at this team, like this team, they just, they, they, it seems that they don't care what, what people think. They're just, I like, don't know. Going that's, for, the, for their goal, they don't really care about what's happening elsewhere. I think there's a big no. difference between expecting uh, to win and uh, actually hoping or believing. Because exactly looking exactly. at the stats, looking what the team has done so far, it's ludicrous not to mention that this team is capable of glory and and uh, yes we can fall off but the wagon quickly but that's not the point napoli can lose five games juventus can lose a lot of games suddenly roma can lose a lot of games suddenly but i'm just merely saying this team is good enough to win do i believe they will yes i actually believe they will win so good they have they been and I, do I, but i will never ever be disappointed with a top three i will actually not be disappointed uh, to get to Europe at all, but I'm merely saying this is a very special theme that can go. It is very away. special, and it has been so far. But if we look a year ago, Lazio were in second. Maybe it was two years ago for until like November or December, and then they fell off the map. Inter a year ago they had like nine consecutive wins in a row, I think, between like October and November. And look how terribly they finish the season. It's never it's almost never about how you start the season and it's almost always about how you end it. So right now this is great, but this is just a foundation. If if this could all mean nothing so quick, which is why I don't want to run away with it. It's important we have to now what is really encouraging to me is not the points of the table at all. It's just how we've been playing. We've been playing beautifully and if we keep that up, then I won't mind dreaming at all. But it's so early. This, this we're like in the infancy stages. I, I, we're toddlerhood stages of, of this campaign. If you look at it as a life cycle, but we just so, made history, Julian. So you are allowed to dream. Well, I'm we just... we tied history. If Do we you remember next, when we just... remember in two thousand and five we won eleven games and we finished what fifth or sixth? Yeah, but that was yeah. totally different because that happened in mid in the middle of a season. Yes, it was amazing, but this is totally different because it's nine out of nine. And we don't know what will happen. I'm just saying we are allowed to dream, but not expect uh, to win. I just I think it's a dangerous If we start dreaming, I, I think quickly dreams and expectations might... You know, if you start in October dreaming about this, this, the S-word, 
And in December, we're still at the, towards the top of the table. I don't know. I don't. I think it's going to be very quickly. We're going to move from dreams to expectations, and then that's just going to set us up for disappointment. I agree. Um, okay. I, I think it's. I think it's. A, it's a. I, I see where you're coming from, Alex. Don't get me wrong. And I wish it could feel that way, but this side have made me so skeptical that I'm in. I I just can't. <laughs> I can't expect anything more than what we've seen the past few years. Um, for me, getting into Europe would be amazing. That would give us a base to have a great mercato. We can attract more players to the team. We can really build off of something then. But it's you know, it's I mean, so early. Yeah, I mean it's early. It, it the league is the, the title is for Juventus. It's theirs to lose. And Roma has nothing to to lose in that aspect. So I think they're hungrier than Juventus. So I think they will give them a, a great fight until the end. And that means they are a contender. But we'll I'm going to say, I'm gonna say the, the first thing I said at the beginning of the show. For me, the beginning of the season was, let's get back to Europe, meaning Europa League. Right now, my expectations are top three. Not the S-word, top three. Now, the S word now, that'll be heaven, you know, but I want, I want to make it to Champions League and all the money that brings to get, make, have a great Mercato, like Julian said. Yeah, I, I agree. That's what I will be satisfied with as well, seeing how good we are at top three. But I think we'll end up top one, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so too. (laughs) All right. It's time to wrap it up, uh, Julian. All right. Um, so we just want to thank all you guys for listening in on us as we rambled and we talked about words that we can't say on the show. Um, Alex actually said a word that he <laughs> maybe shouldn't have said on the show. Um, we went over the Udinese game. We went over the, the table so far. Um, we got Kievo and what's the other team, guys? I forgot it already. Torino. On the week. Torino, we? Kievo and Torino coming up this week. Um, so it's, it's another week and there's six points on the line. Um, so I'm Julian. Um, for Alex, for Luca, and for Sam, I'd like to say Grazie Roma. Ciao, guys. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.